Hi, hello. Hello. Welcome to uh, is it episode 11, right? Episode 11. We've made one, 10, one. thank God. Oof. I know. And we're, and we're done after it's, this. It's, no I was going to say, it's time to retire. Right. Uh, Once really... you hit the big 1-1, one, one, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Exactly. Uh, uh, that's what I've told my niece every time. I'm like, right. yeah. just end it, darling. <laughs> You're too old now, you 12-year-old monster. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. My name's Louie. And I'm Gavin. And uh, we're here to mix some reviews. Yeah, these reviews. They're going to be mixed. They're going to be mixed. Uh, <laughs> like a KitchenAid. I don't know. I'm trying to think of things that mix things. Th- that's Blenders. a pretty... Yeah, that's a good <laughs> like a thing that mixes things. Um, we did a little bit different this week. We told you guys in advance who we were reviewing. Yes. Um, and we got some positive feedback. And by that, I mean one person told us they liked it. You know, <laughs> this type of attention, guys... <laughs> I just need you guys to calm down. Exactly. I, it's like I can't even leave my apartment anymore, guys. Right. Like, it's it's really hard for me just to walk these streets. New York just got a lot smaller for me <laughs> ever since I started doing this show. Uh, but yeah, I, I think people, a lot of people were excited uh, for Charlize. And, um, I know I was. Right. And uh, <laughs> Gavin, we ran into each other at the same showing. I know. I remember walking by you with my left hand up like, don't right. notice me. Don't notice. Oh, hey. Right, right. Yes, no, correct. <laughs> opposite of truth. Um, I literally ran over and hit you with a bag of popcorn. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So uh, we saw Atomic Blonde. Yes. Uh, that, which is our uh, kind of our news peg for this episode. Um, oh, I like that. I've yeah, yeah. That. We're so you don't know we, news? Gavin. I know. I've been in the news for like a billion years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, and, uh, I feel like, uh, Charlize is, uh, having a moment, if you yes. will. Um, and it's a good one. I was gonna say, that's definitely one of the advantages of doing somebody that has something new out. Obviously, when we did Joan Crawford, she didn't have anything new out, but Feud was sort of our, our way in, and we talked about it briefly. But what's cool about, you know, doing someone like Charlize, especially when she's doing publicity rounds for a new movie, is we're getting so much new right. content about them, and, um... It's interesting. I feel like you mentioned this with, during the Anne Hathaway one. There was like a quote unquote moment where she went away, but she didn't ever really right. went away. I right. feel like Charlize has had that same um, thing where it's like post Mad Max, she like went away, but no, she's been she's done like twelve movies since then or something. Right. And she, I mean, uh, we'll talk more about her later, um, and I'm really excited to get into it. But let's take care of our old business, absolutely, uh, Miss Joan Crawford. Um, this was maybe the most uh, interactive we've yeah. got for our poll. I was going to say, one of the cool things was is it seemed that a lot of people that don't normally listen to the show listen out because they're uh, classic film fans. Yeah. So that was cool to pull in from a different portion of the audience. Yeah, so it's really fun. Um, we put on our poll Possessed, Mildred Pierce. Possessed, which was my favorite. Uh, Mildred Pierce is what she won an Oscar for. Daisy Kenyon, which was yours. And then we also had other because there's so many movies yeah. that people love, love, love. And um, just to get down to it, uh, my movie came in last. So possessed, <laughs> possessed got fourteen percent. Yours came in second. I was going to say second to last. It's not like I won some big crown. Daisy Kenyon got seventeen percent. Um, other was twenty four percent. So that's a lot of the votes. And then Mildred Pierce came out on top with forty five percent. We got people saying they loved. Um, uh, <sighs> Baby Jane was amongst them. Humoresque got a vote. Yes. Um, uh, Johnny Guitar. Johnny Guitar got a vote. Uh, the Other Possessed from 48. Right. Um, I was, some guy was like, Other Possessed is yeah, a masterpiece. And I was like, okay. Keith Walker, who uh, is a listener of the show, I, I that dude seems really cool and uh, always down for interacting. Uh, and yeah, he, he brought up that he... 
he, uh, I believe he put it, because I don't have it right in front of me at the moment, but he said that she gave an understated performance at a time in which um, most per- female performances about mental illness were over the top. And I, I think right. that's a very solid... Right, solid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed that movie. I thought the other one was better, but, you know. <laughs> but what well, that's, I got really excited for, like, a really hot second. Daisy <laughs> Kenyon was winning, and by a hot second, I mean, once you put the poll up, three people had voted, I was just right. like, yeah, Daisy Kenyon! It was you. It was me, and my mom... No. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we had Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is by far the best. Um, yeah, so Keith Walker says the film itself, not that great, but... I put her performance in Possessed above Glenn Close's in Fatal Attraction, is what yes, he says. I enjoyed that. The other Possessed. Oh, we also got um, some Grand Hotel yes, um, votes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't enjoy Grand Hotel. Which, I mean, it makes... You, there's something wrong with you, but I... I was like... Really? Not even not even the... I want, I want to be alone. Like, the famous line, like... It was... I don't know. Which is so funny because she didn't, she never acknowledged that that was her line. She was like, no, my line is leave me alone. And it's like, no, Marlena. No, no. (laughs) I I just feel like it was, I was like, is this what Valentine's Day and like New Year's Eve and all like Mother's Day movies were like back in the day? How dare you? I'm just saying. This is our last episode. (laughs) Canceled (laughs) over. Um, Okay, yeah. So we had lots of fun doing uh, Joan, and so maybe we'll do more classic characters. Yeah, absolutely. We're always open to right. suggestions, people. Send us suggestions. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We, I have not... I don't think I've gotten a single email yet, and I do check it, uh, so... It's because I put everything to spam. Yeah. I hate, <laughs> hate, hate, hate emails. Uh, but, talk about present day. Yes. Let's get into our rewind and talk about Charlize. I did want to give a shout out to, by the way, uh, there's an amazing piece that just recently went up uh, on BuzzFeed. Uh, it's written by Anne Helen Peterson, and it is basically that she did our job for us. Literally. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a, a less amazing analysis than she, but so I did want to give her credit. Where credit yeah, is Boots due. on the Ground girl was yeah. like, she got all the good interviews of through Charlize's career, and, it, and, and honestly... I didn't realize how interesting or and varied her career was until you know this article really has it yeah. all together. Well, that's the weird thing is watching her films. I feel like you don't get as big of a picture as you under sort of understand the context of what she was going through as like a working actor in Hollywood at the time. Right. Um, so tell us about uh, how she got started. Again. Yes, uh, Throne was born. By the way, that's not actually the correct way to pronounce it's her name. Theron. Theron, yeah. It's basically Heron with a T in front it's of it. It's Heron with a T in front of it. Um, but there's another, there's a, shoot, and in Afrikaans, it's pronounced, uh, uh, I, I'm gonna screw this, uh, th- um, Therain? Therain? I go by Charlize Theron. But it's the real pronunciation, pronunciation of my last name is Throne. She was born in Benoni, uh, which was a province of South Africa. She's the only child of Gerda, Jacob, Aletta, and Charles, Jacob Theron. She was born on their farm near Johannesburg, uh, as I mentioned, in Benoni. Uh, it's it's funny, um, in the uh, BuzzFeed article, it mentions, like, you know, in her career, everybody kept saying, like, dirt farm, dirt farm, dirt farm. And, like, what that just means is there was no irrigation system on the farm. It doesn't mean that she was gr- she grew up in some sort of dust bowl right. era version of South Africa. <laughs> She's rolling around in the mud, just yeah. like, my life's awful. Um, 
Uh, on June 21st, 1991, Theron's father, an alcoholic, threatened both teenage Charlize and her mother while drunk, physically attacking her mother. Theron's mother then shot and killed him. The shooting was legally adjudicated to have been self-defense, and her mother faced no charges. That's one of those, like, things that I kind of feel bad for... Uh, Charlie's not, I mean, obviously I feel bad that it happened, but I feel worse the fact that, like, it gets brought up every time she does an interview. Right. And I'm sure it's something she doesn't want to relive. Yeah. Every time she does an interview. Right. And to have it happen at such a young age, I mean, when you're a teenager, like, if you imagine, like, remember how emotional you were, everything, yeah. everything feels so, like, huge and big, and this is a huge, big deal. Um, and yeah, I, I, Everything that she does, everyone's like, oh, she must have, like, been able to access that grief to oh my become God. an actress. Especially around the time she did Monster. And right. Like, oh, this is she the method. Know, and... She knows what murder is. Like, yeah. get out of here. Ugh, go away. You know, I couldn't change it, no matter how much I wanted to. Um, it was tragic. And I was just never going to define myself as a victim or... And maybe that's what I love about my characters, you know? They're not victims, and they don't try to um, lean on those crutches. Although she's fluent in English, Afrikaans is officially her uh, first language, which is very cool. She's right. bilingual. Right. Um, she initially saw herself as a dancer. At, at the age of 16, she won a modeling contract in a lo- local competition. Um, and with her mother, they, they moved to Milan, Italy. You know, that's what Casual. Um, Same. <laughs> uh, she's been a year modeling school throughout Europe. They moved to the U.S., um, uh, both New York and Miami. In New York, she attended the Joffrey Ballet School, where she was trained as a ballet dancer until a knee injury closed that career path. That's super sad. That's um, really sad. Yeah. Uh, she was, what did you say, 19? 16? Uh, uh, 16. Uh, 16? Yeah. And your knees are, like, done. Done. And, like, said wild. The, as, as a former dancer myself... Um, I took 15 years of tap and jazz, Louie. Do not give me that look. You took 15 years of jazz? 15, and, yeah. From age 3 until age 18. Wow. Yeah. Your and, mom um, did not like you. <laughs> hey, uh, I saw my sisters doing it. And I was like, I want to do that. And uh, you know what? I appreciate my mom for keeping me in it for so long. Can you just like, cut like a little... Um... Anyways, back to Charlize. Sorry. Sorry, Charlize. This show's secretly about me. Right. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, at 19, uh, Theron flew to Los Angeles on a one-way ticket her mother bought for her, intending to work in the film industry. During the initial months there, she went to a Hollywood Boulevard bank to cash a check her mother had sent uh, to help her with rent. When the teller refused to cash it, uh, Theron engaged in a shouting match with him. Some people refer to this as a temper tantrum. Fuck off. <laughs> um, upon seeing... She, she, Charlize was like... Bitch, where is my money? Yeah, exactly. She, that, re, she Rihanna that teller. Right, right. She pulled a Rihanna. <laughs> exactly. Upon seeing this, the, intel- the talent agent John Crosby, waiting behind her, handed her a business card and subsequently introduced her to casting agents and also an acting school. Um, the lesson here, America, is like, turn up and be extra at every chance you can get, because you just do not know who's watching. Well, any classic Hollywood fan knows the, like, the, the myth of Lana Turner is that she was discovered um, eating in a, like canteen on the lot 
that she wasn't even there for acting, and they saw her, and they're like, you've got a face for movies. Okay. And, but, like, the fact that it actually, you know, the, the Charlize Theron actually sort of had this Lana Turner moment is kind of, kind of beautiful. Right. Away. Um, it's like, who's this angry, beautiful model? <laughs> um, a couple months later, she was already on the billboards to this movie called Two Days in the Valley, uh, which is a dark comedy. Um, it was technically not her first uh, movie. She did do Children of the Corn 3. Ah, yes. You told um, me about this. Yeah, you can uh, Google her performance in Children of the Corn 3, and you will find two scenes. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, full liter- minutes. Full minutes of your time. Um, the uh, she, But it's funny because, uh, you know, she, she gathered um, praise for that role... Uh, but the next thing her agents auditioned her for were show, was Showgirls. Womp womp. And uh, that led her to firing right. her agent because she didn't want to do the, the sexy, sexy sort of... Which is funny because she's very com- she's a woman who's very comfortable with her sexuality. Right. Once again, the BuzzFeed article talks about the way that she's very comfortable uh, talking about sex, using her sexuality. She doesn't see it as like a thing that sh- she needs to hide from. Yet at the same time, like I totally understand like who wants... like. I love, this is, an, in an unironic way, I love Showgirls anyways. Right, right. But, but like, <laughs> also, I, I would love to have seen her in Showgirls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, so then she had what, what uh, is sometimes called as a string of playing girlfriends and wives. Right. Uh, she did The Devil's Advocate in 1997. She did The Cider House Rules in 1999. Uh, the, the one sort of, like, different blip in there is Mighty Joe Young. Yeah. In which she plays a strong leading role. She plays the girlfriend to a monkey. <laughs> I think is what you mean. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's an ape. Sorry. Oh my Have God. you not seen any of the Planet of the Apes films? I haven't. They would... This is the end. <laughs> more and more reasons are piling on. Exactly. Um... She also appeared on the cover of the May 1999 issue of Playboy magazine um, in photos taken several years years earlier when she was an unknown model. Theron unsuccessfully sued the magazine for publishing them without her consent. Um, I'm bummed that she was unsuccessful. Right. I mean, I think it's hard. All that stuff is so yeah. hard to just like kind of figure out. Um, I think it's funny how she was like, no showgirls. But sh- all those movies, or not all, but a majority of those movies are very body-reliant. Oh, absolutely. And are very... And, I mean, sh- she's nude in Two Days in the Valley, which is her, her debut film. Right, like, I mean, she was iconic in, like, her little corset thing and everything, yeah. and I feel like in every subsequent movie, save for Mighty Joe Young, which was a family film, right? it's like there is... But, but still, once again, paired with an actor who's 22 years her elder. Right, right. <laughs> like, and, and they have, like, a romantic plot, right. whatever. But, like, everything, you know, I saw uh, Devil's Advocate, and there's that scene where she, like, just randomly gets naked yeah. to show that she got raped. And I was like, well, that's fucking weird that we just had to randomly see, like, her entire naked body. Right. Uh, and... Uh, uh, what, is she naked in Astronaut's Wife? I don't remember. Astronaut's Wife, it's been a really long time, but I, th- I feel like, no, I feel like this, the, like, thing about Astronaut's Wife is, like, it's, like, a wholesome thriller. It is a wholesome thriller. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give it that. But, like, a lot of those movies, I'm just like, oh, there is still, she, I mean, uh, and the article talks about this, she still was using her body to pay her, I mean, this is gross to say, pay her dues or make it yeah. in Hollywood, you know? Um, but I, it's funny that she was like, but not showgirls. That's too much. <laughs> um, she was also offered species and she didn't do it. Huh. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, so in the year 2000, in the year 2000, um, in the future. Yes. Uh, she t- started doing 
what might be referred to as sort of her disaster period. Like, every film that came out was really bad reviewed, and I don't blame her for this. I mean, these are things like Reindeer Games, The Yards, which didn't even make a million dollars, Legends of Bagger Vance, uh, and Men of Honor, and Sweet November, which was maybe the only one I I feel like you could be like, maybe it's you. But then 2003 comes around, and she does this film with a first-time filmmaker. Uh, The name of the movie's Monster. And, uh... Can we talk for a second that she had, what, five movies come out in, like, 2000, 2001? Yeah. All those movies you just named, she was like, here's a shitty movie, here's a shitty movie. Yeah. And, like, they were just... I mean, Hollywood was obsessed with her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there was a lot of really terrible things written about her at the time. Like, there was one article, I believe, that was written that was, like, the the blonde Hollywood needs, as right. though saying that, like, you know, the contribution of earlier blondes, like, right. Marilyn Monroe I mean, it's, it's crazy because she is or, or she was like cool girl you know yeah. she was girl who was hot and sexy but also ate burgers and like had a like yeah. a, foul, a potty mouth once and, again like, the buzzfeed article mentions that she did like seven different interviews where she ate steak right like right. she's you know. eating steak and i mean I mean, if if you have seen gone girl it's like literally that entire monologue is about charlie's <laughs> there and like she's cool girl and so like all women wanted to be her men wanted to fuck her and literally Hollywood was throwing movies at her, did not care. And all those movies, it's like, oh, she's a girlfriend from the South in Legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, she's a girlfriend here. It's insane that she was able to um, use her sexuality to just kind of like get what she wanted, like make it in the, in the yeah. industry. I was really lucky that at moments where I could, that where I got jobs with filmmakers like James Gray and yeah. Lassa Holstrom, um, and it was not by me saying like, oh, yes, I'll do that. You know, I auditioned. I was auditioning. I was trying to get work. And so by no means was I, I just went out there. I just kind of went out there and tried to meet as many directors as I possibly could. And then if I did get into a position where to kind of choose, I do, I think my natural passion is maybe a little bit more towards um I don't know, heavier material, a little bit more darker. I don't know. Patty Jenkins came to her uh, with script. First, she was kind of like, why me? What do you Um, Patty Jenkins saw that sort of fire in her, I suppose. And and like, um, and so Monster is this film about Eileen Warnos. She was a serial killer um, who was equally as much of a, a tragic victim figure as she was a monster and that's why the the movie's named that way it's like you know what goes into making a monster um the thing that people sort of took out of the film even before we get to like the oscar stuff is that like you know oh charlize it's so brave of you to go ugly right which is such a terrible thing i think to say to any any person like i mean it's kind of like the quintessential story of that like when you think now when anyone quote goes ugly they think of She's the one you go to. She right. did it, like, you know, the most dramatically, or not the first. But I'm sure there's other instances, but right. it's like, she, when you think of that, and a, and a, and a, well, and I a mean, beautiful person, I, like... I mean, you can even go back to, you can go all the way back to Joan Crawford. I mean, I, I know there's examples beforehand, but, right. like, the face of a woman, like, Joan Crawford did a role in which half of her face was completely scarred. Right. And, but what, she kind of, like, cemented it in pop yeah. culture, like, you know, uh, just... Uh, she was so brave, such a beautiful woman to like put on, you know, prosthesis and have disgusting, you know, skin and right. um, gain weight and. Uh, but but she's and she's talked about that, you know. There's very specific things about Eileen Warnos as to why she looked like you know she she was 
homeless. sexual she was homeless she was a sexual assault victim she spent hours in the sun every day she didn't have money to take care of her teeth you know she barely ate when she did she had a, a child at a very young age right. that really affects the, the any human's body i mean women's body obviously men can't have babies <laughs> what for now <laughs> science um, I'm talking to you science um but uh but yeah so uh th- this was a a really insanely well-received uh, performance, and she ended up winning the Academy Award for Best Actress at the 76 Academy Awards in 2004. Um, she, you know, heavily thanked her mother during that speech, uh, which people are like, oh, it's, oh, like, it's because of family trauma, and it's like, or she loves her mom. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so angry at Thanks, the, mom. I feel like, the, I do feel like she's been widely mistreated by the press. Um, and I, I think part guy. of it is she's very, she's a She's a private celebrity. For me, press, I, I've had a real issue with press, just in the sense that I don't, um, you know, and I drive my publicist crazy because I just question everything. I just, I don't know. I'm a private person. I'm not a secretive person, but I'm a private person. And other than podcasts, it's really hard to kind of have you as a person kind of come across, you know, and I just got tired of sitting down for interviews and having some writer just, you know, write whatever they wanted to write. I I think for me, it's just press have become something that I feel comfortable with, that I feel is representative, where I can go and really like be me. And, and if I, you know, if I'm an idiot, then I'm an idiot. And I take ownership of that. And if I'm, you know, incredibly funny, I take ownership of that. That was such a dick thing to say. <laughs> After Monster, she got to do whatever the fuck she yes. wanted, is what we're trying to say. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, essentially, she was like, okay, now I want $10 million for every movie that I do. Right. Um, if it flops or not, do not care. This is also when she kind of found her um, way into doing, like, kick-ass women, ladies, including Aeon Flux. Um, and she was just like... Okay, well now that I I've I've played the stupid girlfriend character. Right. And but now I have an Oscar and showing you bitches that I am an actress. So I'm gonna do what I want. She did indie movies, she did action movies, right. She did fucking Fast and the Furious, and she don't care. And it's funny because, you know, she's given so much credit for like quote unquote physically making herself so ugly in Monster, but not a lot of people talk about young adult where she like right. makes herself emotionally really ugly. Horrifying. Um uh, she once described her process for becoming a character in the film. She says, when I'm figuring out a character for me, it's easy. Since once I've said yes to something, I become super obsessed about it. I have an obsessive na- uh, nature in general. How I want to play it starts at that moment. It's a very lonely internal experience. I think about the character all the time. I observe things. I see things and file things in my head. Everything geared to what I'm going to do. I'm obsessed with the human condition. I read the script. I read the script and become obsessed with a character's nature her habits, when the camera rolls, it's time to do my job to do the honest truth. You can't do that part of the character creation work when you're in the middle of making a film. At least I can. Um, and I think that's, I think that's very true. It's, it seems weird. Some actors are like, oh no, I found the character in the middle of making the film. It's like, what? But how? Yeah, exactly. Um, she's also gone into producing a bunch of films. Uh, she was a producer on, uh, uh, the adaptation of Gillian, Fl- I think that's how you say it. Gillian Flynn's, uh, novel Dark Places, which was, It uh, might just be Gillian. Is it Gillian? Okay. Uh, who knows? Well, I was, I was super shocked when, uh, what's her face from Community is actually Gillian. Huh. Not Gillian. Yeah. <laughs> but, who knows? Uh, uh, wasn't her first movie that she produced Monster? 
Oh, yeah. Monster was... Uh, that was, like, when she, like, launched her uh, production company. Yes. And she was like, all right, money for this. Yeah. And um, she she did a... I think it's a 2009... I have this in front of me. I can look at it. Uh, 2008 uh, Sundance film, Sleepwalking. So she, you know, she puts money into things that she is... Um, uh, passionate about. On the other side of that, she's willing to do a large blockbuster if she finds something in it, and people know right. that from the Snow White films. Right. You know? She's like, okay, I need a couple $10 million here and there. It, Let's just do some Snow Whites. Exactly. Um, those movies are not my favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but she's good in them. Um, it's funny, I you, you like read her quote about becoming these characters. Would you consider her a character actress? Hmm, that's a that's I, a good question. I think she is. I feel like she is, actually. and I think she's best when she's playing a character. I don't like her when she's boring girlfriends. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like kind of yeah. She needs something to like really like like in it like live in. You know, she she needs like all this motivation and like. The reason why she's so good in all these Snow White movies is because, like, she can access being that steely, ice cold bitch. One of my favorite moments ever was the um, somebody asked her like how how she manages to right. walk like a queen, right? And her quote about that is hilarious. Right. If you could show us how to maybe walk like a queen, you have to come from your core really tight, shoulders down, neck long, and then just think murder okay. oh, and that's walk. Nice terms of her personal life she dated Stuart Townsend who's uh, the Irish actor for nine years um, kept it very private um, and uh, 2007 she became a naturalized citizen of the of the United States um, though she does retain South African citizenship uh, she has two children they're both adopted in March 2012 she adopted a boy and then in 2015 she adopted a girl and they live in Los Angeles so that's that's like the the personal stuff just figured to get that out of there in terms of charity work, as I mentioned, uh, she started the Charlize Theron Africa Outreach Project. It was created in 2007. Um, it's an effort to support Af- African youth in the fight against HIV and AIDS. Um, she does a lot of, like, visiting schools and, like, teaching them about condoms. She's very frank about it. I actually, there's a bunch of stuff from Oprah about okay. going around uh, and, and doing that sort of thing. She was, uh, in 2008, uh, she was named a United Nations Messenger of Peace. She is a PETA member, so none of us are perfect. <laughs> um, sorry, don't sorry. like them. Um, there's plenty of other animal charities. So she's incredibly charitable. Yeah, she's um, active in a lot of, uh, yeah. and, and social causes. And, you know, she said she was, she was not going to get married until gay marriage became legal. Um, yeah, she's still single. I, uh, I actually even I've I've heard her since talk about post that, and she's just essentially admitted that she's not a marrying person. She right. doesn't want to. She never thought of it as something. Marriage, before I felt this way about this issue, was never something that was important. I don't know the exact reason for that. Some would say it's because I came from a very troubled marriage. My parents did not have a good marriage. But I don't think it's that. I know a lot of friends who come from divorced parents or bad marriages who don't feel that way. I, I really want for myself a long-term relationship, and I have been in long-term relationships. And so I want that kind of, that's the kind of union that I want. The actual ceremony 
is not something that's important to me. But I see the importance for other people. I have a friend who's getting married in October, and I'm going for the first time really kind of through this experience of being in her bridal party, and I see the joy in her face, and this is a heterosexual couple. I also have gay couples who have gotten married when it was legal in, in, in the state. And I've seen the joy that they get out of that. And I, just because I don't want that for myself, I don't feel it's right to take that away from someone else. Do you, do you think you'll never get married? I, I don't. I don't. I mean, look, here's the thing. When you're in partnership with someone, you have to also respect how the other person feels. And I don't want to be one of those, you know, my way. But I've been very fortunate enough to be in relationships where I've explained that to my partner, and they've, they've been very okay with that, not that I've kind of forced them into a corner. I treat my relationships like marriages. I really do. She's not going to live by anyone's standards about what a woman should be, what she has to be. She was like, you know what? I don't want to give birth to kids. Yeah. But I, I want them, and so she adopted, you know? like And uh, good for her. I don't think I've seen any type of like shaming on her you know no and she like i mean even just reading that thing like i don't know what her kids names are right i don't have to know what her kids names are i don't want to know what her I, kids names are I but even, i but i respect that that right, she's like, like kind of i have a, i have never seen her kids before like yeah i i know what like shiloh and like brand brad and angelina's kids look like and also yeah. like uh i don't think i've when ever you, you play cards to them right right That's, he's, he's still an alcoholic Oops. yeah Ugh. touch and go <laughs> uh but yeah I, I don't think i've ever seen her kids before i don't know what they look like um and she i mean she said she's like there are people who just need that celebrity and it's so yeah. funny so compared to last week's or not last week last episodes um joan crawford who was like celebrity was her lifeblood like yeah gave her like electrolytes and life <laughs> um charlize she's like content to go to work she will you know, do her press junkets and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but she's like, no, I'm not going to go like hang out the IV and get like right. pictures taken of me by paparazzi and stuff. And she's also not interested in like having the, the, like she's not interested in the cult of fame in the way that like the press doesn't have to like her either. And she doesn't right. care. And I, I love that. Like, it's funny because she plays the game. Yeah. Like she's still, you know, Oh yeah. She's going to advertise her films. I mean, she wants to make money, but well, I mean, like, not even just like, you know, advertising, but she's like, okay, like I'll have this like, sexy photo shoot. And like, yeah. I mean, a lot of the article, um, on Buzzfeed, they're talking about, you know, she gets to do all this because she's beautiful. Right. She has a face for the gods, a body that is insane. And, and but she admits that like she works on it too. Like she, right. she's been in every interview. Like like she said, you know, when she did Young Adult, one of the great things was is they were co- like constantly feeding her. They're kind of and and she's like, it was great to have like three months of like just eating food and everything. And I remember the interview I was listening to. They were like. They're like, yeah, but like, you know, you have this metabolism. And she's like, no, I get fat. Like, I get fat, like a normal person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I just think it's really uh, interesting that she has these, like, she can't, um, there is nothing of her, like, you know, she can control. Like, you were born beautiful and gorgeous. Yeah. And so she was able to enter Hollywood literally because someone was like, wow, that's a hot woman. Yeah. um, Who's fiery. And she, you know, made a bunch of shitty movies where she was, you know, like, hot and naked or whatever. And then she was like, okay, now I have all this power, and how can I, you know, uh, leverage this into a full-fledged career that I can do whatever I want? And she's consistently still been able to be like, okay, um, I need to make, you know, another sexy movie or whatever, or be on another, like... Uh, GQ or Esquire or whatever magazine with like a bra and panties on, right? And and she'll still do it. She does it, right? But at the same time, she'll be like cursing out photographers and you know like walking offset from interviews and people like asking her stupid things. Yeah, 
Um, and so she and you can't blame her, right? Like, yeah, no, yeah. Um, she, it's it's funny. I, I don't want to make this whole episode the rewind, but uh, I did want to ask because, as I was saying before, I have this sort of theory. I think more than anybody else that we've done so far, in a way, her career is sort of reflected uh, Michael Fassbender's in an interesting way. Um, we covered Michael Fassbender okay. like maybe three or four episodes ago, and uh, I think what it is is she's sort of been able to. She won her Oscar early enough. Mm-hmm. That she's had enough control in her career that she sort of just does whatever she wants. And I think it's an interesting sort of thing, especially, like, I ended up seeing every film she's made right. so far. Which is, I did not think was, but I'd already seen two-thirds of them. Right. Um, and, like, one of the things about following her career that I think is interesting is, um, like, even, even if the film's not particularly great, like, First of all, she t- she turns in the performance. She's willing to put her money behind things. Right. And there's like a stable of actors that she seems to work with over and over right, again. Totally. Um, Woody Harrelson's in three of her films. Um, uh, Frances McDormand's in two of her films. Um, uh, I, I'm like blanking on Me every... Too, but Je- I- Jeff Daniels d- is in a couple of them. And, and it's interesting to, to watch her like work with these people over and over again. The, clearly in a way that she has the pull to be like these are the people i'm comfortable with and these are like who i want to you know push up and i don't know i i think there's i think there's an interesting i mean obviously it's not just the the oscar she has talent the talent got her the oscar you know and uh, totally um but i do think that she has a slight bit more cred behind it because of it well i think also People like her. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, not a great movie, uh, but A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. I was like, this probably seems like the most authentic Charlize, you know, she's not acting in this movie. Right. She's playing just like cool girl Charlize, like cursing, telling jokes. And And she's clearly still friends with Seth MacFarlane. Oh, absolutely. And and I imagine that a lot of people in Hollywood are like, oh, I want to work with her. She's cool. Like, even there's a bunch of stories about her and... um, Corey Stoll's another one. He yeah, Corey Stoll's another one, yeah. Um, her and um, Tom Hardy, who did not get along on yes. Max. And yet, still, at the end of the shoot, he said, you know, he, like, sent her a painting with yeah. a letter that said, Charlize, you're the biggest pain in my ass, but I loved working with you. You're yeah, so I wonderful. miss you. Yeah, right. which was the, yeah. And so, like, even when she's being, uh, quote-unquote, difficult or whatever... Right. Uh, she still is innately likable and uh, has this like charisma. I mean, I think she's endlessly charismatic. Yeah. Well, th- it's funny because she's given a lot of interviews where she said like she's never felt like a girl's girl. Like she right. refers to certain women are like a girl's girl, and she's just never felt that comfortable in that way. And and Woody Har- Woody Harrelson was actually the first person to bring up that you know she's like she's an old timey broad, like you know, <laughs> yeah. and and like. Um, and it's funny, the, the BuzzFeed article brings up the, the best definition of broad, which is, um, you know, Abby and Alana's from Broad City, which is like a complete woman. Right. Um, <laughs> totally. And she says like, I am a woman's woman. I'm not a girl's yeah. girl. She's, I mean, it's great. I and mean, also she's what, f- she's in her late forties now. Yeah. Um, and she just seems like the most in control of her or life. She might be early for no late 40s yeah yeah sorry she's in her 40s yes. somewhere in there i mean she's i mean she's a full like you know lived through life done lots of movies from every genre yeah you know uh so she's had a lot uh and, and i think at this point in time she's just like a completely realized you know 
bona fide Hollywood A-list megastar who just like is continuing to like do whatever she wants. Well, since we're on the topic of kissing her ass, right? Uh, we should probably move into our five star reviews. So I saw. I, I didn't. I thought I, I didn't watch a lot of them, but I, w- I wrote them all down today, and I was like, "Oh, I did watch a lot of these movies." Um, and it's, it's not a ton. I mean, it's it's more. It's it's both more than you think there is, and less than you think. There right. Is. Um, and I, for a minute, because I started off at her really early ones, and I was like, "When are the good movies going to start yeah. coming in?" Because there's a lot, a lot of bad ones. Um, and I ultimately, you know, it is. It is all comes back to Monster. Yeah, it literally does. Uh, the, I mean, there are certainly other. I saw Mad Max for the first time, and I know you didn't like the movie too much. I I, I liked the movie. I think inherently it was slightly overrated, and uh, I think I think it's more sexist than people want to admit because they're like like you know like oh wow strong female empowerment when the message is like you shouldn't enslave women. Yeah, I thought we were there already. Right, right. I thought we were also. You know, like, they only free the really beautiful supermodels. What about all those fucking women who are supplying their milk and stuff? Like, come on, people. (laughs) So Gavin definitely has some thoughts about Mad Max. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, But yeah, I I think she was great in Young Adults. I even think there are some other, like, movies uh, that maybe aren't like... Like, I really kind of liked Astronaut's Wife. I thought it was, like, a fun thriller from, like, the time. Um, Her in Kubo was really good. Oh, I love her in Kubo. Um, I really do love her in Kubo. But Monster, I had never seen before. um, And I finally saw it on Friday. And I was enraptured. I could not believe the performance. Yeah. It was, like, in a lot of, I think, movies that you see Charlize in, I can kind of see her like grasping for things to hold on to, whether it's the plot yeah. or, or, or her, her cast around her or something like, you know, she's, it's always feels like she's working to try and get somewhere to elevate the, her character. And in monster, it was just like every fucking thing fell in place. So she was like just climbing the ladder of this movie to like the pinnacle of like what a great movie is. And I just looking at her, I was like, this is not a caricature. This is no. just like a fully realized, you know, human being, and it, it's so insane. I remember also when it first started, I was like, Christina Ricci's really good in this movie. Yeah, um, and and the movie's terrifying. You know, like it, it's um, not easy to watch. No, by any means, um, but it, it feels, you know, it's like a gut punch. Um, she's, I think, Charlize is at her best at um, her highs and her lows. She does broken down. And just destroyed really well. And then she does, like, absolute rage really, really well. And this movie highlights both of those things. Um, And I think also, I mean, the the movie, I don't want to say it's sympathetic, but it's just, like, it it paints a a full picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I think a lot of people are like, well, how can you sympathize with a murderer, right? Um, Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing, too, is, like, she's a person first. Right. I mean, she committed murders and... But like, yeah, that's. I think you're right. Like the, it's a, it's a full picture. It's a full picture because you know, it, even it, the and the most empathetic parts of the movie where it's like, wow, people were fucking awful to her. She was yeah. on the brink of death many times at the hands of men who were not good people. Yeah, who were fucking disgusting. And um, she, but also, you know, there's she was not well. Yeah, you know, Christina Ricci's character is like, I thought you killed one dude, and she's like, no, like this is. She really believed, you know, she felt 
right and killing all these other people. Um, and so if you don't know Eileen Warnes' story, it's essentially she was a homeless woman who, um, you know, at a young age, like 13, was kicked out of her house and was start. She was being she was a prostitute at 13 um, f- and for the rest of her life. And she ends up meeting um, a lesbian woman. I forget her name. Selby. Yes. At a at a bar. Um, just by like circumstance, you know, she's looking for a beer and they hit it off. Um, and they start having a relationship. Um, after, I mean, she's still, uh, hooking to like make money. And one night a man ties her up and is basically going to kill her. She escapes and kills him. Um, she steals his car, takes all her, his money and she realizes, oh, I could just do this. And she, the thought of having sex with a man for money just repulses her and scares her so much that she would rather kill them. Who, no matter who they are, she kind of places this full template of, like, um, fucking awful men who are awful, awful, awful. I mean, f- just for reaching out to, to um, a prostitute. And, um, you know, yeah, it was. it's just, like, a completely striking performance. Um, I mean, it, she's unrecognizable. Um, and it, But it doesn't feel, like, too, um, like, self-indulgent, you know? Uh, so... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's directed by Patty Jenkins, who yeah. just directed Wonder Woman, so it's her first female superhero movie. Right, literally. <laughs> um, I mean, and like, the, the, that, I, I stole that joke from a friend of mine, but there, <laughs> I feel like, the, I like yeah. that you were guilty, like, it yeah. wasn't me. Oh, no, no, I will always give credit. He was, he was like, Monsters, Patty Jenkins' first female, uh, superhero movie. <laughs> so, um, th- I, I remember, my favorite part of that movie is at the very end where she, she eventually gets caught and sentenced to death. And um, at her trial, she says, Thank you, Judge. And may you rot in hell, sending a white woman to death. And you're you're a bunch of scum. That's what you are. Love conquers all. Every cloud has a silver lining. Faith can move mountains. Love will always find a way. Everything happens for a reason. Where there's life, there's hope. <sighs> and and the movie does show she did also try and like go straight. She tried to get a job, but like if she just fell through all the cracks and yeah. realized the easiest way of living for her was to off of men and not by fucking them, but by killing them. The uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's impossible to top monster. I'm I'm not going to pick it because I assumed you would. Because um, I'm basic. No, no, it's 100. I mean, it's it's a modern masterpiece, and it, yeah, that's. I mean, any reasonable person should pick. That and the thing is, the, like the movie, and and I think our listeners know this by now. I am not about these hard to watch movies. Like I didn't think this movie was especially like gory or like aggressive in that way. I mean, there's certainly scary moments when, you know, uh, there's violence involved, but it... <laughs> you, murders in your right. not fun category? Right, Is that right. The... But it wasn't... It didn't feel, like, over the top and, like, to press, like, my Well, I think, I think that's the whole thing that, that Patty Jenkins was going for. She was going for something that was completely non-exploitative because it was... It's this film about a person first and a murderer second. Right. And I wonder if, like... 
if it wasn't Patty Jenkins or a woman directing it, like, if it was a man, would they have, like, been like, let's not make her too, like, ugly? Right. I mean, because... Well, she ran into that problem with the producers of the movie. Even though she was producing on it, obviously there was other producers, and they had no idea that she was going through this prosthesis thing. Right. There was a moment where, you know, our financier had no fucking idea what movie we were making. He thought he was making a hot Charlize Theron, Christina Ricci, lesbian, love, sex movie. <laughs> you got, you mean she, in order to get the movie done, yeah. she had to sort of convince them that, No, hey. no, we never, we never sold this movie in, a, in, a, in an, I think they read the script and they just thought Charlize oh, yeah, right. Theron like, in this. Oh, yeah, Charlize Theron's going to have a lesbian she's a, scene. Yeah, she's not right. going to look like Eileen Warnos. <laughs> so they thought it was going to still be hot. Right. And so when we were shooting, they, you know, back then it took about three weeks for dailies to get to Hollywood and they would look at the dailies. And I was a producer at the time. And so he, he called me at like 3 a.m. We were in Orlando and he <laughs> fucking this? ripped me a new one. I was really? like, what are you guys doing? You look terrible. <laughs> you never fucking smile in this movie. Where's the lesbian scene? He's like, this is, you, did you see what you look like? I mean, he just freaked out. And I called oh, Patty what? and I, you know, I, I was not that secure because I was doing something that was so out of my comfort zone and we were pushing the envelope with those, you know, mannerisms and what she was looking like. And so I wasn't that I wasn't like, yeah, well, this is fucking great. I was like, maybe this is shit. I don't know. And I called Patty and she was like, do not t talk to this guy again. Right. You're. You're She's gonna, he's going to fuck you up when you go on set. But she had like not a waiver. She was like, this is, we went on this road. We're staying on this road and this is the movie we're making. And so I think in those times she just had my back. Like she never wavered. After the movie got an Academy Award for you, did you call that guy up and go, now nah, you understand what we're doing, asshole? I don't need to talk to him ever again. Really? Yeah. It's true. People can really fuck your head up. Well, he's, if you watch the behind the scenes, uh, like, you know, little thing on the DVD, he, he's interviewed on it and he's like, he takes credit for fucking everything. Oh my God. You're kidding. Oh, does that drive you nuts? Oh my God. Because he's the guy who said, hey man, yeah, you don't look he's right. He's like, you know, we just knew that she was, and she was really pushing herself physically. And I was like, <laughs> no, you, that, that's fat in your ball. Isn't it amazing in Hollywood how everyone can take credit? Oh my God. Uh. Fucking annoys the shit out of me. It's incredible. That movie is incredible. And it's, yeah. it's, if you have Amazon Prime, it's available now. Um, for like streaming yeah for free and absolutely watch it absolutely um, uh, so yeah so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna bring up the other one that, what that's is gonna your be five star pick then so yeah my five star pick uh, just to uh, I'm, I'm probably being really cliche too and uh, you know that would be 2011's Young Adult right um, and I mentioned it earlier like in a way it's the dark reflection of Monster where she's like beautiful on the outside and just a like a black soul on the inside right another um, movie that's Hard to watch, but in a completely different a way. Completely different way. Um, she plays Mavis Gary, who is a uh, writer of teen fiction, and she writes under a pen name. Um, and but she's incredibly successful. And well, she's not a pen name, so it's a series. It's a series, yeah. And she like took over for the right. That's so, so she's using somebody else's name. So it is kind of a pen name, but well, like, no. So like she's essentially ghostwriting this like yes. series that has been coming out for years and years and years. Yes, think like Babysitters Club. Yes, there's not one woman who writes all the Babysitters Clubs. It's like right. Right, exactly. Um, the I still consider that a pen. Mine was an oversimplification. Fine, but um, but uh, so she decides to uh, go back to her hometown and win over her high school sweetheart, who's now married. So she essentially wants to ruin his life right. for her own amusement. And I think she, uh, she does amusement. this because she gets like an invite for like a baby shower. Yes, and. Uh, 
which is so good. Right. She's and, like, oh, a baby shower? I'm there to fuck it up. Yeah, exactly. And um, she gets there and she starts to find her existence a little more empty than she ever thought it was. She also strikes up a very odd friendship with a with a high school person that she was not friends with. Barely remembers. He barely remembers, played by Pat Oswalt. And he has basically had an impossible time letting go of high school. Right. Um, and because it's of really, trauma that he's Because of trauma, through. yeah. And it's, and it's really kept him, like, it's the thing that's kept him there in that hometown. And, like, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, what, it, the, the, like, Promethean chains that keep him to that mountain. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, uh, that makes me sound so smart. <laughs> but, uh. So rare for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, thank you. <laughs> Say more. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And so it's this very, very dark movie. It's, uh, J- Jason Reitman is directing it and, uh, Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody and, and a script that is, um, for those people who think they don't like Diablo Cody because of Juno, are, Think um, again. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a much less precious script for sure. Um, and I think that's the problem people have with Juno. I mean, I I even have that problem with Juno. I'll be perfectly honest. I fucking um, love Juno, but fuck. no. But I but I like I like Juno a lot. Um, I'll be uh, the the one I don't like is Jennifer's Body, which I think is a really bad script. Love uh, it. Um, but uh, but anyways, uh, I digress. Um, Megan Fox doesn't help that movie. Anyways, sorry. Uh, but uh. That's for our Diablo Cody episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it's yeah, it's just this it's very funny but also devastatingly horrific at points. Right. And it's an interesting film in a way that it it it's not you know, it's it's not like Italian neorealistic in terms of realism, but at the same time like it paints this very well-rounded um portrait of this woman who is missing something to the extent that she may never get back right and like the, the it's, it's like the one puzzle piece that's sort of missing from her life that that just is it's like a black hole sucking everything else in and right. like she, I mean, she's a, a walking atomic bomb and she, she just needs to destroy everything yeah. in her path i wrote down hard to watch she plays complicated and bitchy and self-destructive. Um, but she's, yeah, she's completely self-destructive. But the, it's weird because people can be self-destructive without leaving a trail of bodies in their way. Right. But that's she, literally what she wants out of life. And she think, wants everybody to be as miserable as she thinks she is. Right. I mean, and she, she but has she, ambi- but, all this ambition. Oh, yeah. She, and like, I was going to say, but the thing is, she doesn't put out in the world that she's miserable. No. I mean, but like, there's a, maybe my favorite scene in that entire movie is when she first arrived to the bar... And um, the guy is gonna come and meet her. The guy, the, the the her high school sweetheart, played by Patrick Wilson, right? So dreamy, um, and also like perfectly cast in that sort of yeah, role. yeah, yeah. And she's waiting at the bar, and she like has her tits out, the hair is done, um, and she orders what she remembers is their favorite, you know, beers or whatever. And she's just sitting there waiting for him, and she's just on her phone. On her, I think it's a BlackBerry, and she's just like typing nothing. She's yeah, literally typing just nothing into like kill time so it doesn't look like she's a loser by herself at a bar. She's so uncomfortable to even be alone at a bar where other people are that she, like, this is performing. Her entire life is a performance. Right. In the movie, they say that she got divorced. The movie doesn't give you the whole picture. Right. But, like, when she... Her parents... She goes home, doesn't tell her parents. Right. Her parents finally find out and they invite her home. And they, you know, they have a picture of her wedding still up. And I was like, wow, she was must have been really affected. You know, she's... 
she's having a hard time coming to terms that her life is not what she thought it was. Right. It's um trying to reclaim and like project like this self that doesn't exist. And yeah. and what's wild is like you think this movie's gonna go somewhere, you know, she like interrupts this big, you know, baby shower. Yeah, the baby and, shower scene is, like, the highlight of the right. film. Right, and, like. and, you know, you think, you know, uh, that the guy, because they, they share one kiss when he's drunk, and yeah. you think he invites her, and he, after this big blow-up, he admits, like, I didn't want you here, my wife invited you, because yes. she thinks that you're sad. And it's when you realize, oh, shit, like, this movie is not going to turn into, like, oh, my God, you kissed him, oh, like, right. it's not about, it's literally, these people are so good with each other and their family and Mavis is so far off out of this world, sad. My God, what is wrong with you? Are you like one of those little kids who need a fucking chart to learn feelings? Stand up for yourself. Why are you covering for me? That's enough, Mavis. You're drunk. Oh, I've been drunk since I've been back, Mom, and nobody gave two shits until this one got all bent out of shape. Mavis, what the hell's going on? Why did you invite me? I didn't invite you. My wife did. Beth practically forced me to call you. She feels sorry for you. We all do, Mavis. It's obvious you're having some mental sickness, some depression. You're very lonely and confused. So Beth made me invite you here, even though I knew it was a mistake. I knew it. It's one of those rare instances in a film in which you watch and you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop for a character to change and they don't and it's still very much okay. Right. She, like, she essentially doubles down. Right. Should we get now into our one-star reviews? Our one-star reviews. Let's do it. One-star review. Uh, I like it. I think the first movie I saw um, on this, like, adventure, and that was a movie called Sweet November. Sweet November. Oh, my God. Sweet November's real bad. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. And it was, like, the combination of, like, it being just a complete garbage piece of crap movie, yes. and also it's set in San Francisco, which is where I used to live. Oh, yes! And I should I should always know you're going to be a little extra sans, right. like... I was yeah. just like... I, there are so many things wrong that don't make sense as far as, like, the geography of that movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Is uh, the geography of that movie better or worse than Princess Diaries? Worse. Way okay. worse, 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 worse. Um, this is a movie that's reteaming her up with Keanu Reeves. Yes. Um, the very successful <laughs> duo from The Devil's Advocate. Uh, <laughs> Romantic comedy, The Devil's Advocate. Right, right. It's like, when are those kids gonna get back together? Exactly. <laughs> it, I think it came out, like, three years after Devil's Advocate or yeah. something like that. Um, so she plays a woman who's, like, uh, she's a manic pixie dream girl. Yes. Um, and it's awful, and I feel so bad. Like in this movie, she has like a mysterious like past, and like essentially, a counter Reeves is like a lawyer who at the beginning is like fucking Lauren Graham. Poor Lauren Graham has two Poor scenes. Yeah. And like, and, and, the, of, and essentially, I think she may be called a bitch twice in that. And film. and she has to be like in her underwear and panties for like. Right. The majority of her scenes, and I was like, Rory Lauren. would not approve. I know, oh my god. But literally at the beginning of the movie, Keanu was just like walking around being like, you're the big dog, you're alpha, you're the one, you gotta do it, get it, bro. And I was like, what kind of Silicon Valley bullshit is this? Um, he's like, uh, I would watch you reenact the entire film. Uh, I, I kind of want to do it. Um, <laughs> he's essentially an ad guy who works at, uh, at a, um, you know, a, a big high-end place in San Francisco. Um, he like loses it on a hot dog ad campaign and because he's too alpha, too dope, whatever. And he ends up coming in contact with a Charlize's character who's kind of just like dropping groceries everywhere and has like short hair. Um, and <gasps> she's got gay friends. Right. It's fine. Right. Um, <laughs> they, she like 
she they they meet at the DMV. Yeah. Because he's trying to cheat off of her, she she gets caught, so she can't get a license. So she ends up just bothering him a lot to like go on like wacky things. Like she's like, "Take me a ride to Oakland," and he's like, "Okay." And turns out they're stealing puppies because she's just that girl um, who steals puppies from like medical laboratory experiments. Um, oh my god! And I do they fuck that night? I think so. They fuck like yeah. too soon. Yeah, and then she's like. Spend the month with me. And he's like, why? And she's like, because you're my project. Yeah. And I can help you. And she's like, reasons. Right. (laughs) And he's like, okay. And then turns out she's had, like, men for every month. Like, all her neighbors are like, oh, is this November? What happened to, like... It's weird, like... Yeah, it's a a magic fantasy San Francisco where everybody knows her and everybody knows her deal. Right, right. And I immediately I was like, what fucking man wrote this? Yeah. What man was like, there's a hot, sexy Charlize and she has a man, like, to change and, like... In your research, did you happen upon the fact that it's a remake? I did, yes. It's a remake. Um, And essentially, and she has gay friends, but, like, Keanu's so clueless living in San Francisco, he's just like... This is weird that you kiss your, like, neighbor on the mouth, and, like, there's a big quote-unquote reveal where he's a drag queen also. Yeah. That makes no fucking sense, because... And he's the worst drag queen in the world, and I, like, in my research about it, Jason Isaacs apparently went to a real drag club, but couldn't take Keanu because The Matrix had just come out. Ugh. But it's just like, you went to a real drag club, and this is what you learned? Right. <laughs> and also, I was like, this movie was like, okay, we're gonna have drag queens, but also we're gonna have them, like, having dinner yeah. at their house. I was like, yeah. what motherfucking... Like, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. I talked for this. Exactly. <laughs> the interior illusions of lounge would never. Um, there's just so many bad things about this. He eventually falls in love with her, of course, and like he decides he's a good person, and uh, you know she. Uh, the mystery of, of who she is, but twist. Yeah, but the twist. Not Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. <laughs> is this what you wanted to see? Is this it? At first, I was like, are they going to give her AIDS? (laughs) I thought they were... Nope, just deadly cancer. Right, and there's, like, a moment where he, like, finds all her pills, and she's, like... she. I mean, again, like I said, she does very destroyed and broken very well. The movie is just so fucking frustrating to watch. I literally had to... I looked up who uh, wrote it, um, and, like, this person has done one other movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's just so, so, so bad. And you know men are responsible for this piece of shit. Absolutely. I blame men and the patriarchy. I I think that's I think that's a solid. And, I, I also blame men. I'm very passionate about how bad this movie is. I can't believe I feel so awful for Charlize. She she went through so much, Gavin. The uh well my my one star review, uh I also went with uh an amazing reteaming and I'm trying to th- no, it's actually a pre-teaming. Never mind. A pre-teaming? Uh, uh, yeah. I went I went with a, another amazing coupling. Um, uh, Charlize uh, would, um, in 2003, go on to star in the Italian job with Mark Wahlberg in a sporting role. But 
I'm not going to pick that. I'm going to pick her earlier effort with him, 2000's The Arts. The Arts. The okay, Arts. Um, I actually had a different one up until a couple days ago when I finally saw The Arts, and let me tell you... The Arts just impressed you that yeah, much. Yeah, it just really did. So The Arts is a is a James Gray film. Uh, most people know him from The Immigrant, which came out a couple of years ago, and he just had The Lost City of Z, which came out this year. Um, and it is a, a film, a crime film based around the MTA, essentially. Ah, uh, yes. The yes. crime ridden MTA. Absolutely. Mark Wahlberg is a, a person who gets out of prison. He's just recently taken the fall for, uh... He's a person, you yeah, say? Yeah, he's a person. He's a criminal. Wow. Um, he gets out of prison, he clearly has taken the fall for some criminal organization, um, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, is also in it. He thanks him for taking the fall, and, um... So, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Mark Wahlberg returns home to his uh, mother, played by Ellen Burstyn, who's amazing, Great. and we have no idea why she's in this film. Um, and he comes home, and uh, he, this, Ellen Burstyn's thrown him this this party, and his cousin, played by Charlize, is there, and her mother, played by Faye Dunaway, who has, like, four scenes, and why is she in this fucking movie? And literally, like, there's there's one scene between Ellen Burstyn and Faye Dunaway, the one scene where they're alone without each other, and, like, it's literally lit by a single candle. And she's like, what are you doing? You <laughs> do have not, these do you not know who these people are? Yeah. Um, but anyways, I digress. Um, but he essentially gets involved in this, like, uh, commuter scheme with Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix kills a man, and Mark Wahlberg gets... For an MTA card? Yeah, for, for an MTA card. No, they're uh, essentially uh, Charlize Theron's stepfather, James Caan, like, his mob controls the contract, the, like, train contracts. Okay. For, for like, who's gonna get the, the what train goes it's so convoluted and stupid and like supposedly based on something that happened to james gray's father um in the 80s and uh and yeah so like mark Wahlberg's on the run because people think he killed this guy when really it was joaquin phoenix and all this time he's falling in love with his own cousin played by charlise yeah and um and it's just this brown tinted mess the entire movie and it's just really bad and like it's super sexist it's all about the men and even though you have these very powerful women in the film there's a scene in which uh, like I feel bad most of this criticism doesn't involve Charlize but I just want to give you an idea of how bad this film is there's a scene where Ellen Burstyn actually gives Mark Wahlberg a speech in which she apologizes for him not having a father around because that's why he's a criminal and she's like you, we used to we used to see men in suits and you look at the men in suits and I just wish I could have given you that life for you and like it's it's gross it's gross to the max but uh what makes Charlize like why she's the target of my ire is James Gray has written her the meekest female character like she's essentially like Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors without any of the irony right um and uh she doesn't do damsel in distress no and that's the thing and I if there's one thing I, it's so funny because I feel like every time we talk about uh, an actress on this podcast, I'm like, you know, they they do, you know, the the sort of um, this this not meek, but they they really find this vulnerability. Um, Charlize isn't good at that. She's not vulnerable. No. She's just not vulnerable, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just something she's genuinely not in real life. Where you been? I'm here. I know that. Come, you don't call me back. There's just a lot going on right now. You really got a problem with me? 
she looked at me when you told her we were gonna get married. I think she'll go. Hold on, I wanna talk to you. I don't have anything to say. Erica? Is it, is it good what happened with Leo? Like she's a, a tough person and right. to cast her in that role to make her whimper and simper and like sort of like, oh, but he hits me because he loves me. Like it doesn't work and it's not believable and it's just not who she yeah. is. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Maybe we should start casting women less in roles in which they make excuses for men being awful. Right. Um, and yeah. And like, spoiler alert, she dies before the end of the movie because, uh, Joaquin Phoenix pushes her. Man. Yeah, because man, he pushes her over the railing of a staircase for no reason at all. God. Like, he gives her some little speech about how he sees the way she looks at Mark Wahlberg and it's disgusting and then pushes her over a railing. And it's literally just like, does this matter? Because she was, wasn't a character in this film. Right. And just fucking Charlize Theron. And I know uh. this is the year 2000, once again, year 2000, <laughs> where, uh, she does, you know, she's, n- she's not, monster Charlize Theron yet but she's still an um, like an amazing actor and to put her in this situation where like I don't know a cardboard cutout would have like yeah done as well it's it's the whole like sexy lamp theory like if you can replace a female character with a sexy lamp maybe you should write it better right um and yeah the yards is really bad I do I did want to give a shout out to my initial one which was the first movie I watched um which was Woody Allen's uh, Curse oh. of Jade Scorpion. No, that movie's so, so, that so bad. That movie's so, so bad. And, like, the funny thing is, I thought I remember people saying how good it was. I thought that, too. Yeah. And that was a fake yeah. thing. It was a fake thing. And and not only is it bad, Charlize isn't very good in it. She's and very she's, bad. She's trying to do, like, Vampy. once again, Lana, yeah, like, once again, Lana Turner. But, like, it's literal. and I think, I mean, I'm gonna blame Woody Allen for this because why not blame blame for everything uh, but uh, disgusting yeah exactly but like there's just a disconnect between the words she's saying and the way she's interacting with him and also like I don't know she's in a position where like her character's supposed to be attracted to him and I can understand not wanting right. to do that it was a hard connect yeah. you're one of those grubby little private detectives aren't you a private eye they're called a Seamus a gumshoe well, I'm, I'm, I'm a grubby little insurance investigator. The private eyes are romantic. I, I'm, I'm just grubby. So what, you always get your kicks fondling woman's shoes? You know, once in a while I fondle a whole woman, you know. Hmm. You have a fresh mouth. I'm not sure I like you. Well, I tend to grow on people, you know. I, we could meet later and I could grow on you if you like. You don't seem tough enough to go after criminals. Really? Maybe if I slapped you around a little bit, you'd change your mind. I could slap you back. It's starting to sound like fun. Should we put some music on? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if there's much more to say about um, any of her, the other movies that she made. Um, you know, yeah. I, I hate that she's had to do so much bullshit to get where she is now. Yeah, but congratulations for being where you are now. Yeah, congratulations. Um, let's talk about where she's going and yeah. get to our fast forward. We saw Atomic Blonde. Yes, we both thought it was too long, but yeah, um, just uh, to say. The movie lives and dies with Charlize's oh, awesome fucking kick-ass I, I, scenes. Absolutely, I think I think the plot's a little silly. I mean, if if you've seen 
Mission Impossible mixed with Goldeneye. You've seen that movie, but she's really fantastic right. in it, and uh, it looks and, great, stylish yeah. as fuck. Yeah, and yeah, totally super buy in that movie too. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Charlize. And, uh, <laughs> thank you, Charlize. Um, <laughs> so on her IMDb page, there are three movies that are um, listed for upcoming. She also has uh, another thing up here with um, it's called Flarsky. Yeah, and it is with Seth Rogen. That's in pre-production, so. Um, the, the tagline says, a political journalist tries to hook up with his old babysitter who now holds an important government position. So it sounds like Seth Rogen doing whatever the fuck he wants again. So and, that's cool. And the third one I'm excited about is uh, Tully. And I mentioned before, um, it's going to reunite uh, Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody. It's been completed, to my knowledge, because I think it's competing in the Toronto Inter- International Film Festival this oh, year. Oh, really? Uh, not much is known about it, uh, but it's Charlize Theron, uh, Mark Duplass. Uh, Ron Livingston and uh, Mackenzie. Uh, let me get this. Uh, Mackenzie Davis, whom uh, everybody knows and loves from Black Mirror, but yes. I know and love her from Halt and Catch Fire. So you saw that? I love that show. Good for you. Um, she also did this amazing movie last year called Always Shine. So if you're looking for a fun afternoon, watch Mackenzie Davis in the the thriller Always Shine. Okay. Um, but uh. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Also, it was announced, once again, speaking of working with people, she's going to guest star on an episode during the first season of Seth MacFarlane's new, like, Star oh, Trek parody, right. Orville. Uh, which, like, once again, uh, you know, she said, it's so funny, somebody, uh, uh, in some interview recently, she said something about, like, you know, it's great to be able to win an Oscar and then do a five-episode stint on Arrested Development. Oh my gosh, and, she was uh, so good on Arrested Development. So like, Arrested Development. <laughs> that, I feel like, I feel like that plotline maybe doesn't hold up as well. Right, it's correct. not very sensitive, but it's hilarious. It's and, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, for British eyes only. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I love her in Arrested Development. I really do. Um, but yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to anything she does in the future. Is there anything specifically you'd like to see out of her? I mean, I think if we... she, I think she's really funny. I think... Um, in the right hands, like with Ron Howard and Rusty yeah. Bellman, like they would give a very specific thing to do. And again, if she has like good things to hold on to, she's able to like let loose and, and go for it. I think she probably didn't have the best like uh, direction in Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah, that like, movie's trash. I'm actually surprised we didn't mention it right in the worst. Don't see Million Ways to Die in the West. I mean, Sorry. I mean, but she's uh, just kind of like being herself, like foul mouthed yeah. and like drinking and whatever. Um, and I, it doesn't serve her well, I think, like, yeah. as far as, you know, have for a fun and engaging movie experience. Yeah. Um, but I know, mean, that's like, that's like the height of Seth MacFarlane's ego. Right. Like, that was post 10,000. Yeah, Ted. Post Ted. Right. And so, like, people were really just giving him Throwing money him to money. do whatever he wanted. And, uh, yeah. You know, I'm worried. He's no Seth Rogen, am I right? <laughs> that's what, Hollywood will just let Seth Rogen do anything. That's what I'm worried about, though. Like, yes. with this new movie, yeah, Flarsky, yeah. it's like, oh, this, like, man child is, like, gonna go after a babysitter who's, like, now a successful woman. Yeah. What antics <laughs> shall they get into? I was gonna say, if you go back to our other es- uh, episodes, you can find out how we feel about Hollywood letting fucking Seth Rogen do whatever God damn it, Seth Rogen. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. Like, sh- she is, um, a f- I don't want to say an older woman, but she, you know, is not a young spring chicken anymore. Right, right. And, but she's still kicking ass, and so I want her to be- keep doing yeah. that as long as she can. Yes, um, I, I want Hollywood to keep her away from playing like dotty matrons that they right. seem to do, and that like I hope that you know. Uh, Selma Hayek, we did a couple, like three or four episodes ago as well, and she's like, like 15, 20 years older than Charlize and mm-hmm. is not really playing those yeah. roles. And yeah. I hope that, like, people will put that 
much faith. But I also feel like Charlize has more control over her oh, fate yeah. than Selma Hayek has ever had. Right. I feel good about Charlize's future, though, because yeah. she has this production wing of, like, her career. Yeah. Where she's like, okay, well, I'm going to now make interesting things for myself. Um, she was also a producer on Atomic Bond. Is that right? Yeah. She bought the rights to that graphic novel. Yeah, The Coldest City. Right. And so I think she's like, oh, okay, well, fuck Hollywood. I'm yeah. just going to do whatever I, mean, I want. And also, like, and we failed to mention it, but there's a second movie that Charlize is in that came out this week called uh, The Last Face. It's directed by Sean Penn. It's not great. It's on demand. You can watch it if you really want to. It's her and Javier Bardem being white saviors. and <laughs> But don't. But don't. Um, but, like, it's another movie that she had control of. That she, right. you know... So I, I do hope that she continues to make passion projects. I would actually... I would be down to watch a sequel to Atomic Blonde. I yeah. I did think the plot was a little silly, but I really liked her. Jessica Chastain tweeted something out earlier where she was like, Atomic Bond, like, Charlize is amazing. Yeah. So, like, get on that movie in which Jessica Chastain is also 10, in a sequel to Atomic percent. Blonde. Um, I'm sure maybe we'll see her in more Fast and Furious things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, maybe no more... Snow White things, though. Yeah, yeah. No, we can do... I watched the sequel to that. I thought the first one was boring as fuck anyways, and I think the... the speaking. Oh my god, Jessica Chastain's in the sequel, too. There's the connection. They're besties. Yeah, they are besties. Uh, but, uh, the... Yeah, the... That shows you how much it made an impression on me. <laughs> Jessica Chastain! Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, um... Second one, like, improves upon the first one being boring. I guess that's, like, the one nice thing I'll say it's about it. It's less boring. It's less boring. Also, Charlize is not in it enough, so, like... There it is. I yeah. mean, that's that's my complaint for every movie. Not exactly. enough Charlize. Exactly. But, yeah. Is there anything else to say? I think that kind of no, covers it all, I right? think that kind of covers it all as well. Uh, if we want to get to our outro stuff... Uh, you can find us online at, at The Mixed Reviews on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in The Mixed Reviews. Uh, you can email us at reviewsmix at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, mm-hmm. leave them there. Write we- us write us some fan mail. Write us some hate mail. Don't write us hate mail, actually. Uh, I mean, send <laughs> us, like, naughty pictures of yourself. Oh, we'll take that. Uh, we'll take that for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, um, but we we also- promise not to rate a one star. Right. <laughs> then we're going to do an episode about Mixed Reviews <laughs> about, like, nudies. Um... Check us out on Twitter uh, for our poll that we'll be putting up uh, soon for uh, Miss Theron um, Therain, if you're speaking Afrikaans. <laughs> yeah, if you're feeling Afrikaans. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, and if you found this episode somehow, like, just randomly on the internet, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and you can find uh, some of our episodes up on SoundCloud. I think currently it's the last two recent ones uh, that I put up, because uh, we have been getting some plays from there. So, yeah, if you want to pop in on that and uh, write and review us as well, uh, Especially if you're on iTunes or Stitchers, because that is Stitchers. <laughs> if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, because that helps other people find us. And, uh, you know, we want a large group. We love that. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, guys, for listening. We, we have, have to, to figure out what we're, last time we revealed who we were doing, but we can't this week because we have no idea. Yeah, we have not talked about it. I put on my mysterious mask. Your yeah. Valentina mask. My Valentina mask. <laughs> no, I'd like to keep it on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and we'll talk about that. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Joana, imba wimbo, wa upe.